Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Like our friend said in Russia, Strasvuche, everyone. <laughs> I love these introductions, man. This is, as usual, Fred Alexander Oyola, pastor here at Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wherever you are, may God richly speak to you today in Jesus' name. Guys, countdown. That's our thing this month. It's 70 days to Christmas. <laughs> as I hope you're looking forward to it as I am. This will be a pretty special one, especially with what we've all gone through. I hope you're looking forward. In the spirit of counting down, it's also our second year anniversary as a church next month. And once again, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> hey, dude, we have to make noise. Allow us to make noise, allow us to celebrate, allow us to rejoice. Narubi Chapel Embakasi was planted in November of 2018. Hey, what a crazy few months that was. Planting a church. Why? And on the 8th of next month, we'll have a celebration service. And as much as we can't go all African with it, we still try to have a COVID-19 agreeable celebration. God willing. God willing. Please invite your friends and family, and in due time, we'll put up our invite link for you to RSVP. Mm. The Lord has been good to us, this church, and in honor of the goodness of the Lord to us, we'll be spending this month and the following one offering our gratitude to Him. He deserves it. God has been good. We'll be taking time every week on our podcast here to simply say thank you, Jesus, for seeing us through the two wonderful years over here at Nairobi Chapel and Makasi. And the church said, mm, Amen. Ah, we started this season of gratitude two weeks ago. Yeah, it's on the third week now. Hey, we looked at the responsive Psalm 136. That's a beautiful psalm. You can read it. We then looked at the great thanksgiving psalm of 100. That was last week. At the psalm of 100. Thanksgiving psalm 100. <laughs> In case you miss them, please remember that they're available on our church podcast channel. This is on Anchor FM, an online podcast platform, and all you need to do is type in Arabic Chapel Embakasi and you'll find us. All our other podcasts are also available on there. Man, we have conversations, we have sermons, we have messages. We have uh, just quite a lot on there. And um, it's all from the previous months. You can check out things from July, from August last year, from when we started in November of last year. And before you forget, our social media handles on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter also have a link to bio link to our podcast. So check them out as well. You'll also find info uh, on our giving details, our food bank, our children's crafts and devotions. And a communication line, 0741-922-715. This is in case you need to talk to us, share an encouragement, ask a question. Um, talk to us. The number is there. Today, we continue our gratitude season with looking very briefly at Psalms 95. If you can, let's read it together. It's a, it's a beautiful psalm. Psalms 95. Psalms 95, it's 11 verses. We'll read Verse 1 to verse 11. Psalms 95, 1 to 11. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. 
For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years I was angry with that generation. I said, there are people whose hearts go astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Hey. Hey. On that note, let's just pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, thank you for your grace, and thank you for your mercy of our lives. Speak to us today through the power of your Holy Spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Like we've done all month, let me read this psalm to Nairobi Chapel Makasi. This is our month, so allow us to read these psalms to ourselves. <laughs> ah, Psalms 95, Nairobi Chapel Makasi style. Nairobi Chapel Makasi, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa, in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years I was angry with that generation. I said they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. <laughs> what a difference in the mood of statements right there. The psalm has been attributed to King David and is one that was a song for the Hebrews to sing. They sang it in praise and thanksgiving to God, but was laced at its end with a very sharp set of warnings. Hey, It begins at verse 1 and 2 with an invitation to sing for joy to the Lord. That's very nice. Not harmful, very cute. To shout aloud to the Savior, our Savior, and to come before him with thanksgiving and praise. This is the great God of heaven, so we must come before him with thanksgiving and praise. All this David repeats again that it is to be done in music and song. This is why we ask you in the house of God to sing before the Lord. This is why we get a keyboard, drums, because David even before, this is thousands of years ago, asked the children of Israel to do the same. And our Lisa must come before the Lord singing, shouting, giving him praise. Come with music and song. Verse 3, 4, and 5. Then give us the reasons for the invitation to give thanks, praise, and sing to the Lord. David tells us again what the other Psalms have been telling us. God must be praised 
and worship because he is the God above all other gods in existence. Or that we can conjure up on our own. He is the creator and maker of the depths of the earth, the seas, the mountains, and all the dry lands, the heavens, the land, the people. Everything we see is from the very hands of God. His very hands fashioned all this into existence. And with that knowledge, why should you be found not worshipping or giving thanks to him? What's your reason? Like, what's your excuse? This is the creator of the universe. The planets are from his creation. Mm. Verse 6 gives us another invitation, but this one seems a bit more serious. David is inviting us to worship the Lord God, but in reverential respect and honor. Mm. We are to bow down and kneel before him. And the reason is in verse 7, which informs us that he is not only our heavenly father and God above all gods, but that because he is our shepherd, our leader, the one who leads us as his beloved flock, a shepherd both cares for and protects their sheep. It is in the protection of the sheep that the psalms takes a turn and the first of three warnings begins. Nakombia. Warning number one is in the last part of verse 7 through to verse 9, which point to the fact that we are to hear God's voice as the great shepherd of us, his people, and not harden our hearts as the Israelites did at Meribah and Massa. Even though they'd seen what God did. God is warning that if we don't hear his voice, we'll have hardened hearts. Meribah and Massa was a place in the desert that Moses named after the, hard, uh, after the reaction of the children of Israel. While they were in the, on the way to the promised land, they had just seen God deliver them from Egypt in signs and wonders. But at the point of thirst, immediately chose to doubt the same God. Through their blaming of his servant Moses, though, they were looking at Moses, but in the eyes of God, they were blaming God. They were like, hey, why save us from slavery to come and thirst and die in the desert? Moses was saying that their hardened hearts was as a result of them not knowing his voice. He had spent so long trying to know them, to show them, sorry, who he was, and talk to them through his servant Moses. Imagine. But they still didn't know his voice. Can you imagine that? Their hardened hearts was as a result of them not knowing his voice. What a tragedy. Do you know God's voice? Listen, do you know his word? Do you read your Bible? Do you apply what God tells you in his word? Have you heard it spoken even in this season, today, this morning, now? Is God showing himself to you and you still refuse to acknowledge him? Do you trust God? The more you read his word, the more you start to see him and to get an understanding and the more you recognize his voice and ultimately, the more you trust him. The more you recognize God's voice, the more you connect and have fellowship with him and the more your mind is transformed and the more you start to do what is in his will because you trust him. God's word, a transformed mind, a changed heart, doing the will of God, faith. You see that trans, uh, progression? God's word, a transformed mind, a changed heart, doing the will of God, faith. Come on. The opposite then is true. Don't read his word, no transformation on your mind, of your mind, no changed heart, and finally doing things not in his will, and a lack of faith or trust. 
It is so true that faith only comes by hearing the word of God. When we lack faith, when our hearts are unchanged by the power of God's word and his ever-present testimonies, then our hearts are hard. And a hardened heart is not liked by God. When we refuse to do God's will even after hearing and seeing him at work in other people's lives, God isn't happy. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hmm? When we refuse to do God's will even after hearing and seeing him at work in other people's lives, God is not happy. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. The second warning comes in verse 10, where God points to the fact that those that go astray and not heed his ways, he becomes very angry with. Hey, God is still continuing in the path of not knowing his ways. He further says that continuing to go astray not knowing his ways will make you get anger from him for at least a generation, as in the case of the Israelites. Huh? The children of the Israelites grew up in darkness. These guys would not believe. Not knowing the God of heaven, of their ancestors, and who saved their nation from slavery. The Bible actually says that a generation grew up that knew not of the God who got the children out of Israel, or out of Egypt, sorry. Imagine that. God points specifically to the point that we need to know his ways. We must know his ways in order to please him. His ways are only found in his word. You will see some in the lives of others as testimonies. And what this must do in turn is to make us know his ways. Can you say that you know the ways of God? Ama, hey, you are also of the idea that it was King Suleiman or Solomon who killed Goliath with a single stone. <laughs> hey, Bishop, let's know his ways for the benefit of the generations that follow us. We must commit to labor in knowing God and know his ways and see his deeds, even in the lives of others. That way, the generations after us will benefit because we are commanded in the scriptures to show the next generation what God did. The more we show them and tell them, the more God is happy with us. The final warning is found in verse 11, where God summarily declares that those that do not know his voice and that he's angry with will never, will not enter into his rest. Hey, the final warning is one of a promised lack of rest, a lack of entering in the very eternal rest of God. This we've talked about in a previous podcast. The Israelites who refused to know and obey God all died in the desert on their way to Canaan. Those of us who refuse to get to know God and his ways will never enter the eternal rest God desires all of us to have. Choose today to enter into the rest of God. I believe with all my heart, after reading all of this, after looking at what David is saying, after looking at the children of Israel and how they murmured on the way to the promised land in Psalms 95, that number one, you can never be fulfilled in this world if you're not grateful to God. Remember, this is our season of gratitude. But you'll never be fulfilled in this world if you're not grateful to God. Let me say that again. You can never be fulfilled in this world if you're not grateful to the God of heaven. The Almighty God, Jehovah, El Shaddai, Elohim. Knowing God's ways as a way of reminding us gratitude in God. David was reminding the people that God had done so much for them. For them to just ignore it and go on with their lives. 
they had an obligation to be so grateful to this same God. The Israelites never took time to see what God had done for them, even in taking them out of slavery. Had they done it, even in the difficult times, they would have maybe had a grateful heart towards God, which in turn would have given them some sense of peace, I dare say contentment, and even some trust in this Jehovah. Number two, an ungrateful heart only gives thanks during good times or when things go its own way. Let me say that again. An ungrateful heart will only give thanks during good times or when things go its own way. Hey, I hope that's not you, man. When we don't know God's ways, we may look grateful, but only when things are good or going our, our way. It's only when things take a turn and you see the real person emerge. Mm. David talked about God, the shepherd, comforting him, even through the even through the valley of the shadow of death. Remember? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Where? Don't remember. In the valley of the shadow of death. Basically, even in the bad times, David was gratefully was grateful simply because the shepherd was with him. Think about that. Finally, an ungrateful heart lacks faith and a faithless heart will never worship God. We can never truly worship God without knowing his voice, his word, his ways. The only reason you can say that, you can say so, the only reason you can say at now uh, I'm worshipping him is only when you know him. The only reason you can say at me I'm a person who's I'm a worshipper is because you know the Jehovah. If you're saying you are a worshipper and you do not have a relationship with this Jehovah, you are lying. I'm sorry to say that, but you're lying. The only reason you can say so-and-so is a friend it's because you have spent so much time with them, hearing them, seeing them, you know their manners, and when you vouch for them, you're vouching because you know them. So and so is a good friend of mine simply because, ah, Ujamabana, I know them very well. I've visited with them, we've hung out, we have fought, we have made up. You are vouching for them because you know them. An intimate kind of knowing. This is not just a tiile, oh, I just know that. I, I, I know. I, I, I know the richest man in the world. No. This is an intimate kind of knowing. This is the same with God. To know him intimately means you have spent time with him. In his word, in prayer, in getting to know him. And this eventually helps us in worshipping him. This is the reason, guys, David pleads with the Israelites to an invitation into praising, worshipping, giving thanks to God. He twice pleads with them to come before the Lord in music and song. David is inviting us to the very presence of God to spend time getting to know him. He lists his nature, his deeds, and then invites us all in. He's telling us that we must be thankful to him. He's done so much for us. And he even has prepared a rest for all of us through the death of his son. All we are left to do is to accept the invitation. Let's grow in knowing God's voice, his words, his deeds, his care for us. And even 
his testimony in the lives of others. The more we do, the more we do that, the more we do in knowing, in growing in the Lord, the more we'll have a grateful heart. Let's pray, guys. Almighty God, in the glorious name of our Savior Jesus Christ, we thank you today for your word. Thank you for reminding us to forever give thanks to you, our good God. To give thanks because of your faithful love, mercy, and grace that endure forever. To give thanks for your deeds that are always amazing, even in the lives of, of others. Forgive us for the many times we have forgotten and even refused to give thanks. For whatever flimsy reason we had, and help us to forever remember to give thanks in all circumstances. Because this is your will for all of us in Christ Jesus. We've prayed all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, may the Lord bless you. May he protect you. And may he show you his favor. And may he grant you peace that surpasses all human understanding. Always remember, like we've said throughout this month, that the more you are grateful for what you have, the more you will have to be grateful for. See you next week, guys. Thank you.